Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Rambles Guide Two. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell, and I'm David Cartledge. Today, we are going to explore the most iconic individual rivalry in Premier League history, an era's defining beef, and frankly, a bloody good time for anyone who witnessed it. What was going on there? There are a few issues. In the red corner from Cork, Republic of Ireland, a born winner, a leader, a captain, a seven-time Premier League, four-time FA Cup, and one-time Champions League winner. We got the medal, but I didn't play. Although he doesn't count that because his standards are ridiculous. I wasn't even sub. A Manchester United great, a man who drove his team to victory by both will and skill on countless occasions. Roy Keane with a captain's goal for Manchester United. Game on! A man who was never afraid to instruct someone to stick it up their bollocks. It's the one, the only, Roy Morris Keane. Another red corner from Dakar, Senegal, a born winner, a leader, a captain, a man who won three Premier League titles. What a cracker from Patrick Vieira! Five FA Cups. Patrick Vieira for Arsenal. He's done it! Five Serie A titles, the Coppa Italia, the European Championship and the World Cup. Vieira, Emmanuel Petit, three, made in hybrid, finished in Paris. An Arsenal great, a man who drove his team to victory by will and skill on countless occasions, a literal and figurative giant. It's all six foot four inches of Patrick Vieira. Vieira. Oh! It flew in! 
Two of the greats of their generation, they embodied the rivalries of their teams, their managers, and more than anything, themselves. We're here to remember their battles across the pitch, the table and the tunnel, who they were as players and who they were to each other. This is the Football Rambles Guide to Roy Keane versus Patrick Vieira. Oh, it's an explosive one you today. You can feel the tension in the air, can't you? <laughs> David tried the red to list is everywhere. <laughs> as I read that out. Um, yeah, Richard Williams of The Independent once wrote, uh, Keane's bone-shuddering battles with Vieira have been something extraordinary to behold and the best possible advertisement for maintaining a degree of physical contact in football. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not wrong, David. And back in those days, in the late 90s and early noughties, you could get away with a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. And I agree what Sir Alex Ferguson said about this rivalry. You know, Manchester United, Arsenal, they made the Premier League. Oh, wow. Huge. And, Big and, talk. I, and I agree with him there. And then, you know, we had the clubs going at it, but I think the key thing was these two figures who we were going to talk about today. Absolutely. And, and how they played the game, how they approached the game, how mm. they approached life. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, it really helped there. Yeah. What do you think, Jim? Keane versus Vieira? What immediately. Uh leaps to mind I feel that in a different era they'd have been the, the headliners in a sort of Roman Colosseum you know, it was almost like yeah. mythical clash between mm. two it's funny because they are very very different but also really similar as well mm. their styles were kind of different but ultimately led to the same effect that con- control of a midfield that enforcement mm. Of, mm. Of, of, of control in a game and they were essentially avatars for their, their managers for their clubs and and really for for successful eras of those two clubs, they represented so much more than just themselves on the pitch, and yet that was really firing itself as well. I think the positions point what you make was vital because if you look at a lot of rivalries, just take the most recent one, Messi versus Ronaldo, the two strikers, they never actually yeah. clashed on the yeah, pitch. Yeah. They're opposite Massively. ends. Whereas <clears throat> Vieira and Keane, they could not avoid each other, yeah, and yeah. they didn't want to avoid each oh, other. Oh no. Yeah, glorious stuff. If we had expected kicks at the time, it would have been through the roof for those two. (laughs) We asked listeners how they felt at the height of the rivalry. Got this one from Nick who said, the nerves and build-up before those games were like no other. You felt the hatred from the fans put onto the pitch once the game started. And if you didn't win the game, that was the season gone. Unrivaled since when you consider how high quality and dramatic the games were. And that's absolutely right, how high quality they were. Because these types of players, if you had... Uh, players who were known for being like really, really physically tough and strong in the tackle and all that kind of thing. I think nowadays people would 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 be a bit condescending to that or be a bit sort of well, you know, they're lacking the quality. You think of someone like Kevin De Bruyne or what now from yesteryear, but Xavi or, or whatever. Uh, you, you, you think you know players were cultured, but that's the thing though. Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira were incredibly cultured players. Yeah, and I think that's sometimes forgotten, especially with Roy Keane. Yeah, particularly with Roy the, Keane. the immense quality he had. Yeah, okay, he didn't maybe do a step over and whatnot, mm. but often would, in, in these games would chip in with the odd goal, the runs he would make, the intelligence that both of these men possessed mm. on the field. Jim was it's, it's it's almost like quarterback stuff. Yeah, a different role, but as in just so aware of the whole pitch, three hundred and sixty degrees, everything and everyone, and to g everyone up. Yeah. Two box-to-box players as well. Absolutely. Two, two, as you say, really, really cultured players. Physically very different. But there's this idea, actually, this kind of retrograde idea that um, 
it was a bit of a clash of cultures, you know, that mm. Roy Keane represented the maybe sort of more industrial, proper football man stuff, and Patrick Vieira was the sort of continental flair thing. And it's just mm. not true. No. Because they were both very, very cultured players, both very smart players, as you say. Indeed. And to, to I mean, look, I know we always talk about football in, in you know, in, in the modern era, Premier League and so on. But I mean, if, you know, and sometimes we like to create our 11s and we don't do that on the Patreon show and, and so on and so forth. If, I, if someone said to me, who's your Premier League all time 11? I honestly think the first name I'd put on the team sheet would be Roy Keane, right in the centre of that midfield. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. Like just an, an absolute flipping monster of a man, but just that desire to win. Keane and Vieira played in the league together for nine seasons from 96 97 to 0405. One of them won the league title in eight of those seasons. That's how much they and their teams dominated in, in that period. Uh, there were seven red cards shown in matches between them in this period. Not always them. No. But it showed you. Oh, it was tasty, the rivalry. It was yeah. hatred as yeah. well. And yeah. there's a sense as well with these two players mm. um, that there is a mutual respect between them now. Yeah. But they, that it only came after they retired. They hated each other. Yes. They pushed each other on. Yeah. I think when you come back to reflect on it, you know, like you say, at that stage of your career when you were and you're all fished up and you look back out and you're like, wow. Uh-huh. I didn't know I could do that, but that guy, he pushed me mm. over. I knew, I knew I was good. Keane would have thought, I know I'm coming into a battle against this guy. He's younger than me. Mm-hmm. He's fitter than me. Probably has better te- technical aspects than me. I'm going to have to really get something else extra out of me. Yeah. And then Vieira's thinking, wow, this guy's a, an old slugger. You know, yeah. I, have to, I, have to, I have to really raise my game and not be out for because this guy's going to yeah. come at me 100 miles an hour every yeah. single time, every 50-50. And also, uh-huh. what a challenge Vieira presents for Keane because... I don't think we've we've seen a player with the physical profile of Vieira before or mm. since because there's a strange situation with him where he has one leg that's slightly longer than the other mm. and he has a really unusual kind of physical makeup. His legs mm. are so long, he yeah. can cover so much ground and obviously you've got the, te- the technical element, elements as well. It's like he is a conundrum yeah. for an opponent and obviously Roy Keane is the, the guy to rise to that. Yeah, definitely. Well, of course, it wasn't these two who invented this rivalry between Manchester United and Arsenal. Uh, one of the big reasons is that they were the best two sides in the country. And one of the big reasons for that was because the managers, Arsene Wenger, had come from Japan to the Premier League. Never, Do you know what? I, I doubted myself when I, when, when I often used to cite that Ferguson interview when he would say, you know, Arsene Wenger, who at the time started saying, well, we play too much football in the league and need to, you know, whatever. And now Ferguson, it was put to Ferguson. He said, well, you come from Japan. And I, heard, I saw the interview and I thought, oh, I've over-egged that. But I saw another interview where he said, he clearly did the rounds, Ferguson, that day. Yeah. He kept pressing home the point because the Premier League was Ferguson's league. It was his house. He ruled the roost. And in came Arsene Wenger. And Ferguson was a bit like, well, I'm not having this. And in a way, like with Roy Keane and Vieira, it was, as you say, well, who's this new challenger? Yeah. Well, I'll slap you down, sunshine, from yeah. Japan. That's what, re- <laughs> that's what you're referring to, isn't it? The way he says Japan. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's, it's so condescending. And there's a great quote from that as well. And in, in speaking about condescending, it's, it's really funny. They say, when Wenger comes in, they say to Sir Alex Ferguson, oh, he's, he's an intelligent man, a man of intelligence. Ferguson goes, intelligence? They say he's an intelligent man, right? Speaks five languages. I've got a 15-year-old boy from the Ivory Coast in the academy who speaks five languages. <laughs> <laughs> Really interesting. <laughs> what was your, what was your Ferguson was very good at um, being the rattler. Mm. And here he seems mm. a bit rattled, which yeah, is that's interesting. Right. But that was the thing, though, after this rivalry was long gone. Even Ferguson said himself, I, I felt a little bit sad that, that Wenger's teams were so predictable against. 
yeah, to play yeah, against, yeah. and 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 it just wasn't quite there. But well, I mean, there are reasons for that, but um, come down to money, really, don't they? No, well, there's there's a number of reasons, but the fact is that Ferguson actually loved that rivalry, mm. and mm. as you say, that this is again, he he wanted to pit himself against people and see him off, and he felt a bit sad that that had gone. But when the height of this though. It was it was glorious, and Wenger comes in, and again he's, he speaks language this suave Frenchman and, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, Ferguson's not having any of that. What well, he wears glasses, does he? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just yeah. everything about it. He was, you know, um, and of course Wenger won the double in his first full season at Arsenal. Was heralded as an, an, an innovator, and Ferguson didn't like that. And, and as you say, with the quote about the you know the, the lad from the Ivory Coast, Wenger once said in a press conference that Ferguson does what he wants and you the press are all down at his feet he doesn't interest me and doesn't matter to me at all I will never answer to any provocation from him anymore which was big talk we I mean we would have to wait until John Joe Shelby until someone really went to Ferguson (laughs) (laughs) it's true though Ferguson was very good at that he was very good at um being in people's heads and being in control and he had he had more respect than you should give an opponent i would i would argue yeah he he yeah, he, maybe. he was very good at allowing other people to build his myth well, uh-huh. he, remember the famous Kevin Keegan quote, Kevin Keegan yeah, quote well, as well, course, when he course. really got yeah, in his exactly. head, where That's... Wenger never really, you know, really got to that level. You never saw, yeah. I mean, I'm sure behind the scenes, Wenger was all over the place and it's seething. I'm sure Ferguson was exactly the same with some things that Wenger said, mm. but Keegan exploded there in front of the TV cameras, mm-hmm. whereas Wenger just never allowed that to happen. Well, and, and there was that time with Rafa Benitez. Yeah. With the, with the, with the facts, right? With the facts, the facts and all that. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I think it was probably Gary Neville or one of the, former Manchester United players who said after that Ferguson walked into training rubbing his hands together going li- literally rubbing his hands together going I've got him I've yeah, got him totally. that. that's just brilliant though. unbelievable it's because unbelievable Ferguson, operator but Ferguson was a footballer one might forget yeah. you know and so that that you know obviously your body can't do it you, you move on but you want a challenge you want a, you know an aspiring match and, and Mourinho of course who then yeah, he would come along and Ferguson and you know all that interestingly though Ferguson tried to sign Vieira in the summer of 2001 and that is the ultimate power move well, but didn't yeah. get it well that's I, I doubt that Ferguson ever thought he'd actually be able to get him yeah but it, again it's a th- he's throwing that weight around isn't yeah. he and this is it's easy to forget that pre Abramovich, mm. Man United had a huge, you know, far bigger budget than anyone else by a long, long distance. But not in the same way. Not in, not in no. the same sort of exponential, insane <clears throat> way, but it was still significant at the time. And a, a great example would be of this when Dimitar Berbatov um, has travelled from Spurs to talk to Man City on, on a transfer deadline day. Spurs have only given City permission to talk to him. <laughs> Man United end up signing him. Yep. Because... They, the rules didn't apply to them yeah. and actually this is what pissed people off about Man United and about mm. Ferguson and what was what made him such a frustrating opponent yeah. and I think this is a this is comparable to that it's part of their their mm. strategy of just like winding people up yeah. like showing your power and and, 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 and and the reason why we're talking about this is because that's what creates the rivalry and yeah. of course Roy Keane is the embodiment of Ferguson on the pitch that's yeah, absolutely that, yeah. that, 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 that's, that's where and it comes what, part of it as well part of the hatred of it mm. you can't deny how good they were well, and, and both of those men yeah, yeah totally yeah the, the, the sheer quality one of, one of the reasons for the hatred is because they keep winning you know but, it, but it, you know winding people up and, and, and what not um, but back to Vieira and, and Keane more specifically uh, ITV did a documentary The Best of Enemies uh, in 2013 
which was a lovely one, actually. Great idea where they got them both together and they talked about the rivalries and so on and so forth. They, they created their best 11 with Manchester United and Arsenal players. In Dennis Irwin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Roy, it's the only thing Roy Keane loves is well, winning and Dennis yeah, Irwin. Yeah. His dog Triggs. Yeah, I yeah. presume has moved on by now, sadly. Um, moved and, on. Um, and Dennis Irwin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. Right? Ripple. Ripple. Uh, oh, and, 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 he, and he's a corkman. He yeah, once said yeah, with a rice yeah. smile, which is very important, of course, in the, in the, in the context of Ireland. But uh, in that documentary, Roy Keane decided that Patrick Vieira's weakness was um, that he said, I don't think he was as tough as me. Um, yeah, I just know. He'd be saying that down in hell about Satan one day. There's not an individual that's ever lived that Roy Keane would think is tougher yeah, than him. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, Patrick Vieira did say with a bit of a wry smile um, recently on a, on a programme that uh, that he thought he was much better than, than Roy Keane. But I, I think he was probably saying that a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's a funny... They like each other now. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, but I think that's... It. It's a bit like political opponents. I yeah. think when all the dust settles or... I don't know, to use a bit of a silly example, years later, you know, when Noel Gallagher and Damon Albarn saw each other in a club and they kind of go, what was that all about? You know, yeah, and you yeah. sit down and I think that enough time has passed and also you know that it's not about you anymore. That you're, You've had your time, it's done and it would be un, beyond petty and ridiculous if you still had that rivalry because there's nothing to be rivals about. No, absolutely not. And I think, look, the media plays a big part here. They well, they, they really whip things up, and 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 it was important for Sky, I think, to to have that rivalry. Yeah. And the way that they whipped it up over the years, mm-hmm. just to get everybody involved, it was important for them. Uh-huh. Sky was, you know, looking to grow further and further. And yep. if you look, at, you know, years after, and different rivalries that have that they've tried to create. Yeah. It's almost infuriating because you're like, there's, there's not a rivalry between Liverpool and Man City. That doesn't yeah. exist. You well, know? It's a rivalry in terms of they're both going for the title. Yeah. That's exactly. really it. Yeah. It's not personal. No, yeah. no. Whereas and this whereas this one had every single aspect. Mm. They disliked each other. Yeah. On the pitch, off the pitch. Yeah. They were both going for the title. Mm. And they're also their styles of play as well. Like yeah. we've said, you know, mm-hmm. the new man coming in. in Vegas. And, and as you say, they're both going for the same balls. Like mm-hmm. they are in direct competition yeah, on the pitch. every level, yeah. Uh, they played each other 12 times, uh, Keane and Vieira, with, with Keane winning four, Vieira winning three, uh, which will no doubt please Roy Keane immensely. Mm. But their first sort of spicy meeting, if you like, came in September 1998 at Highbury, where Arsenal won 3-0. Vieira was hacked down by Nicky Butt and Keane got a yellow card for insisting he dived. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, the, the needle continued all, all the game. They squared up. After Vieira insisted that Keane should be given a yellow for a clash with Mark over Mars and and whatnot, and then um, that's it, it. Yeah, this is. I mean, <laughs> that's nothing. <laughs> well, in, the, in the game at Old Trafford later in the season, uh, Keane kicked out Vieira. They both tried to punch each other. You know, it was, it was all going off. But th- but there was that great win um, uh, in the season before that when when Mark Overmars gets the only goal at Old Trafford in Wenger's first full season. Yeah. Arsenal win the double, and they and that that win at Old Trafford for Arsenal because they were both going for it. That was the the change. That was when Arsenal put themselves. The noses in front. I think Man United had games in hand or whatever it was, and Arsenal would go on to win the league. And uh, it was kind of Ferguson was then rather bothered him because you know they've lost the league to these guys. Keane was injured for quite a lot of uh, around this time as well. Um, so we jump ahead to to May two thousand and two. Arsenal win the league mm. at Old Trafford. That that Will Tord goal, yeah. um, which is uh, which is quite something. Vieira said. Um, years later that they wanted to win the title because it will hurt them it will be history wanted to win the title at Old Trafford of course yeah. and Arsene Wenger described 
the win as, as a shift of power. This is the kind of talk, David, that would incite Ferguson. Of course it would. Because he'll just he'll have got those straight in the dressing room after this yeah. and just said, remember this. Yeah. Look at them celebrating on your pitch. Yeah. yeah remember yeah. this. Yeah. So that's exactly the sort of thing that he just needs to push his players on. You can imagine, look at that dressing room. Look at that Man United dressing room as well. The players are in there. They, they're gonna look at this pizza on my face. <laughs> well, that came later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, that, that was iconic. Even the, the Viltord celebration and mm. Kano hopping over him. Kano wasn't oh, it? Kano hopping over him as well. There. Such an iconic. Yeah. Because well, yeah. Kano, he was what, about 19 at the time. So he, could, <laughs> yeah. he had that agility yeah. to yeah. hop over, yeah. you know. <laughs> Similarly long legs. Kano, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. oh yeah. my God, is it Rangiest team in history just because yeah. two players. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. But, like, I mean, Jim, what was that like to win the title? At Old Trafford? In the, in yeah, the, in this... With scenes. Yeah. Just, it was an absolute <laughs> definition of it. It's just, just incredible stuff. And it, I think this one gets forgotten a little bit, actually, because um, it's all tied up in that same era where, you know, the Arsenal let the title slip away the season before to, to Man United. And obviously, I think that, that comes back exactly to what you're saying, that... Ferguson probably would have said, David, like, remember this, use it, because they were very good at that. Yeah. Then Arsenal would repeat the trick the season after because they they then go on to have the unbeaten season after letting it mm. slip. So it was a real roller coaster between yeah. these two teams in terms of how they push each other on and inspire each other. Well, the, the unbeaten season and the unbeaten run um, that was in the season in sort of 03, of course, it was it was nearly ended when Manchester United, you know, ran this Roy's penalty miss. Yeah, yeah. And Martin Keown enjoyed that moment. Turned and into Count Dracula. Yeah. The, the police had to escort Vieira off then. <laughs> An actual policeman on the field. I mean, I can't recall ever seeing that again in a football game in England, at least, as well. But I was about to say, so yeah, a weekly yeah, occurrence yeah. in Argentina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely small fry in Argentina. Yeah, I mean, there was always some great scenes at, 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 at the game. One of my favourites actually was a game years later when Wenger was sent to the stands. I remember, yes. and he stood up on that platform. Yeah, that's there's nowhere else for him to go. Do you remember? Was one of my favourite images from the Premier League when he stood there in Just front of the fans with his hands outstretched. Like, yeah. where am I meant yeah. to be? Unbelievable. <laughs> it's so good. But I think that I think some of the Man United fans obviously they were giving him some. But I think there was also there's like a lot a, of smiling faces in the picture yeah. behind it. It's yeah. a bit of panto. It's quite warm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's the thing about all this stuff is that you know, in, in, in an era when yeah, of course, like. As fans, we're more removed from the game than than we've ever been with big money and billionaires and da 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 and all this kind of stuff and so on. And the Premier League and people have their opinions on this stuff and I totally get it and we have ours. Um, but just give us a bit of entertainment, a bit, a bit, a bit of panto sometimes doesn't go amiss, you know? People look upon this and we, we probably just look upon it and, you know, we probably just glorify it a little mm. bit, don't we? Because we, we miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah, I think, yeah, one can, you know, one has to, be careful not to say, oh, well, back in my day and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But actually, it's it's not that with this particular thing. Yeah. And and around this time, I mean, Roy Keane was such a, a talked about figure. He also managed to to split the, the population of Ireland down the middle with regards to should he be in the team in the World Cup 2002 or should, you know, who's, on t- who's team Mick McCarthy and who's team Roy Keane, of course, when he walked out uh, just on the eve of the World Cup in 2002 for telling Mick McCarthy to stick it up his bollocks, of course, quite and it, famously. And then the bigger picture there was that, you know, I, and, and we look back upon it now as well and I'm like, Christ, maybe Keane had a point that well, the, Irish, yeah. the Irish setup wasn't, it was a bit Mickey Mouse. Completely. Quite frankly, yeah. it should have been, it should have been better. This, Mouse. this is a series, you know, the, the, the famous line, oh, don't just go for a sing-along, was it? About the fans as well. Yeah, you that's know? Right, yeah. We should be looking to win. Mm. We should be taking this seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, but that's the funny thing though with 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 all this sort of stuff with, with someone like Roy Keane. Obviously, you know, a bit of a nutter on the field and whatnot, but actually, 
it is that desire to win. Mm. And can you keep up with that insatiable desire that he had to win? Gary Neville talks about you know his own career. He was like, I wasn't the best player for crying out loud. But that desire yeah. to claw yourself over the line, um, you know, and and Arsenal they had that as well. Forty eight game unbeaten run, stunning stuff. You know what they're doing this season is superb. But I mean, forty eight games is unreal. Yeah, and and Vieira's leadership at that time, Jim, to be able to again, oh, we, yeah. we talk about Keane being Ferguson on the pitch. We we might not say that about Wenger and Vieira because Wenger cuts a very different figure. But certainly in terms of the intelligence and the game plan and so on. Oh, no, no, it was just like you'd be watching Arsenal yeah, and you just seeing Vieira on the pitch would be a sense of security. Yeah. Just physically seeing that yeah. he was there. Do you think was, it was, it, part of it was his height, yeah. but he was also an unbelievable leader. Mm. The way like he didn't score a huge amount of goals for Arsenal, but he would sometimes just properly force the issue and pop up. I remember a game in the unbeaten season at Stamford Bridge. I think it was possibly... Eidegger Johnson or Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, they certainly combined for a goal early on. And I knew Arsenal would win. I, I knew they would. And they turned it around within about 15 minutes. I think mm. Vieira equalised. And then yeah. I think Edu um, possibly got went on to what went on to be the winner. But Vieira was like that. He would he would like drag games by the scruff of the neck, mm. essentially. And mm. there was a really, really talented team around him. But you've got to have the player that is driving it yeah. and that is that is setting that agenda and making sure that you control that game. I mean, you've got all these incredible players around, like obviously Henri. You've got you know Lauren and, and Ashley Cole, even the fullbacks, brilliant Perez, flying players. Know. Perez, Lundberg, yeah. Dennis Bergkamp in there, like <laughs> yeah. incredible team. Vieira was the guy yeah. who um, built the platform for them. 
Wenger didn't really feel that position. Like they missed Vieira so much. They well, he changed the midfield completely. He did. He, put, repl- uh, he replaced yeah. Vieira with Cesc Fabregas essentially. Well, and okay. he, he he changed the style. There was an idea that they were looking to replace Vieira. I think that might have been a little bit lazy, that they were trying to sort of go for a like-for-like, like, where people times, were calling for it. But, but how many times do people say they need a defensive They need someone a little yeah. bit, you know, yeah, with a bit Gilberto was still there. And they played together, which is a very, very tough midfield. Okay. So he, he retooled it so that it was Gilberto and Cesc Fabregas tried to get a bit more technical and a bit more yeah. possession-based. So And that was that was essentially the tactical shift that was happening in the game well, at the time. to be fair to Fabregas, I mean, I suppose, you know, throwing that pizza at Ferguson, maybe that was... I loved that so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it was... It, Fabregas only confirmed that it was him in 2017, but everyone knew immediately. Yeah. Um, and to me, again, it was going back to that... that this idea that Ferguson was this untouchable grand elder statesman that you have to respect. I love the idea you've got this young kid. Teenage I'm going to slap him in the face with a bit of pizza. He got it. Fuck him. Do you think yeah, he was brilliant. aiming for he, him? He really got it, yeah. Did he, was he aiming for him? Or was that just, you know, he was just like any of them I'm not sure. Fine. I'm not I'd sure. like to think he was uh, like, I'm going to take out the top dog. I would have said he was aiming for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Fabregas was about the dark arts. Yeah, yeah. and you I know? mean, you know... And he was we, about we, precision. We saw the range of passing he had. Yeah, well, exactly. He was, he was precision. He can hit a codger with a slice of pizza, <laughs> can't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, he, he was about it. Like, look, yeah, he was a brilliant, technically gifted Whoa. player, Fabregas, and he helped bring on a new style of Arsenal's football. But I tell you what, you look at him down the years and the little tete-a-tete he's had. He had one with John Terry. Remember he had one yeah, with John Terry yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah, the way, Fabregas could get involved. Like, Ferguson was the sort of, you know, in terms of the media and was like the puppet master. He was like the, the dark lord of the pro. Premier League, depending on how you look at it, or you know, he was he, it was his house, as we said at the start, yeah. literally in his own stadium. A, a slice of pizza slapping him on the yeah. face, the levels of disrespect. Uh, you know like, what? It, it, I don't think people can maybe remember or fully understand just how absurd and hilarious yeah. and disrespectful that is. Yeah, and also on on Fabregas's, I believe his full debut in the um, Community <laughs> Shield or the charity chest or whatever it was known as at the time <laughs> he had a mullet he's 17 years old yeah. you know what he did what's that he nutmegged Roy Keane oh yeah <laughs> yeah you are yeah he knew it he, he, he knew but that uh, was that was all part of this that yeah. was all part of like I am going to go out and disrespect this guy and it's yeah. it's like it might seem impudent and yeah. it might seem immature but it's a it's a power play it's a mind game thing yeah. it's massive it's, for a fan as well yeah you brought this kid in from Barcelona yeah. nobody really knows who he is but immediately he gets yeah. it you're like yeah. oh we're gonna love this kid yeah. <laughs> he, he, he definitely got it I mean chaps you know we, we've spoken about Keanu Vieira we actually haven't spoken about the most iconic moment between the two of course which happened in 2005 that I mean that was Keane versus Vieira yeah wasn't it just yeah so Roy Keane Keane was very unhappy because he felt Arsenal, in particular, Patrick Vieira was trying to bully Gary Neville. Yeah, well, Vieira was saying, "You, you, you kick, you kick our players, Gary. Um, you're not going to be doing that today." Words to that effect. Yeah, and Roy Keane burst onto the scene at that point and was about like, "Oh, is that right? Is it? Oh, yeah. You can. And what did he say? Oh, because you're a nice guy and all this kind of stuff out there. Do it. Yeah, oh, no, the, I'll see you out I'll there. I'll see you out there. I, yeah, but the referee said out there, lads. Right. So, yeah. that, so that's another thing. The referee's basically going, look, 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 let's get all out on the pitch, kind of thing. And Sky are loving this as well because oh, yeah, they're capt- capturing essentially like sort of tabloid gold. Yeah, on camera. that's something you can't engineer. That was just yeah. natural because of the personalities involved that they brought yeah. that to the table. It was Graham Pohl who was the referee as well. The uh, Mr. Iconic referee Graham Paul himself, if you like. But yeah, he had to restrain Keane a little bit and say, you know, out there, what save us. Yeah. <laughs> but you can see Keane like leaning over him, pointing at Vieira. I mean, it is like 
back of the school playground, you know, back at the gate kind of stuff. Right, poor Roy Carroll's shell shocked. Oh my yeah, his look on his face is always like, what's going on? It's like <laughs> glad he's on my team. But it, but it was something like again, you knew that that game was big. Yeah. I mean, some might argue the rivalry between those two individuals was slightly dwindling. I think that's probably the the, the zenith, is it? Oh, yeah. Wasn't yeah. the last sort of hot spot. I wonder yeah. if it was just two guys just trying to, you know, was that a bit of bravado, do you think, as well? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I need to show I've still, I've totally, still got the yeah, minerals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe. Um, but, like, it set the tone. And funnily enough, actually, I think, you know, maybe retrospectively looking back on this, one often thinks that that was where Keane got the psychological advantage, which is, I think, mm. fair to say. And then, oh, and Vieira was a bit quiet in the game and, and Manchester United win 4-2, which they did. But Vieira opened the scoring 10 yeah. minutes in. Um, so, you know, but, but that was just, it was explosive, wasn't it? In the tunnel. And also as well, back in those days, you had you didn't have social media, so all these different camera angles and, and bits and pieces of the stadium. You didn't really see tunnels that much. And so to get into the tunnel and then that, you're like, oh my goodness, drama. Absolute drama. Whereas, like, could you imagine, like, I don't know, like, Bruno Fernandes and Martin Odegaard doing that? Everyone's, yeah. everyone's <laughs> tapping each other up these days. You know, I went, yeah. it's funny enough, I was watching, it was the Arsenal Man United game the other week as yeah. well, the time of recording this. I think Fred had his kid in the tunnel and he was saying hello to Arsenal's Brazilian contingent as well. Wow. And I was You're just not like, having that, David. You're I know, not having I know. that. I don't want to see your kid. I don't want to see dapping up as well. I want complete intensity just yeah. looking ahead. I don't want to see anybody going, hi, mate. Yeah. Well, you'd imagine maybe Lissandra Martinez in Argentina get that sort of thing going again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think he could, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. got some potential for that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, it, but, now, but nowadays, though, again, obviously this had built. This had been building, and we talked about the previous encounter. So it wasn't out of the blue, and we know these types of characters. But again, like you, <laughs> we, we thought it was a little bit naughty when... Uh, Saka looked to mimic Marcus Rashford's celebration yeah. with all like imagine Saka and Rashford in the tunnel. <laughs> oh, is that it? Is it? Yeah. Uh, you know. Hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> it would be bad for England, of course. Look at the bigger picture here. But but that time, you know, for for people who remember it, and those, of course, would have seen this footage. You know, in the tunnel, what looked like Keane wanting to set about Vieira, and then, of course, on the pitch it goes. It makes you think. What is going to happen in this mm. game? You know, again, your eyes cannot be taken away from the action. Yeah, what happened was an incredible chip from John O'Shea. <laughs> Unbelievable! That celebration as well. Yeah, it was a bit. It was part O'Shea, part Cantona. It was strange. He was like, he was going to give it a bit of, and he was like, oh, but his face said it all. He was like, yeah. did I just do that? He did. He did. Manchester United won four two in the end. Um, I, I don't know if it was in this game or whichever game it was, but again, this goes to show you that the, the levels of the hatred and disregard Keane had with regards to Vieira. He said uh, years later about a comment he made to Patrick Vieira, he said, I read something in the match programme about the charity work Patrick Vieira supported in Senegal, where he'd been born. And I said to him, if you love Senegal so much, why don't you fucking play for them? <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. you're like, oh, charity work, is it? Yeah. Like, it's anything. But then apparently Patrick Vieira, of course, turned around to Roy Keane and said, if you love Ireland so much, why don't you play for them? Yeah. <laughs> See, what I love about that is in Keane's retelling of this, he says, I think he said, something smart to me about Ireland and the World Cup it was grown men bitching and I love that because 
Patrick Vieira's got the punchline in that exactly. story, and Keane's going, I'm just going to cut that bit out. Yeah, yeah. I'll make my bit the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, I mean, so then, chaps, I mean, you look at their their records, uh, over 300 Premier League appearances, Keane with, with, with a few more, of course, he's played longer in the league. Keane, uh, seven league titles, four FA Cups, one Champions League. Vieira, three titles in the league, four FA Cups. Vieira obviously won trophies when he played for... Uh, Juventus and, and won titles at international level. Um, Vieira said he got the better of Keane uh, quite often and felt he was much better. Uh, obviously, Roy Keane doesn't feel it that way. Um, I have to say, if I was really pushed on this, I would say Keane probably edged it. But then to say it was Vieira versus Keane, of course, that goes into your point earlier about the media whipping it up. It's Manchester United edged it because it's Ferguson, it's what they had, and, and, and so on and so forth. But in regards to the two of them going toe-to-toe... It's really close, isn't it? This yeah. is what makes this yeah. so iconic yeah. as well. You can uh-huh. come. There's a lot of different metrics you can judge it by. So <clears throat> Keane won seven titles. That's amazing. Mm. Um, four FA Cups. Vieira also won four FA Cups with Arsenal. Three titles. I think you've got a... I think you have to factor in the, the budget at Man United being so much bigger than everyone's. Mm. Um I think that's part of it as well. The playing field wasn't entirely level. Keane obviously won more games between them. You have to factor that in. You have mm-hmm. to respect that. Um, but the, but it, but it's a team sport. So to take those two individuals again, that goes into the sort of the mood. But it's like the Messi and Ronaldo thing, you know. Roy Keane uh, did buy Patrick Vieira an ice cream after they did some punditing together at the Euros a, a few years ago. Oh, a lovely thought. Imagine. Let's just call the whole thing off. I, I really th- hope. Whoever worked in that ice cream van knew who they were. Yeah. That would have been the most surreal day of that person's life. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I, I just, yeah. But you could imagine them both chatting and going, but I, you have to admit, though, I was slightly better than you. Well, it's funny, actually, because I think I was a, be- yeah. a lot better than you. Well, when I say slightly, and that's the way it goes now, you know. It's interesting because this splits the listeners um, down the middle when we when we asked them this on Twitter. Nick Gillen said it's hard to split them. If Keane had been French in that suave Arsenal team, he would be thought of as the better player. Vieira might just shade it on technical ability, but it goes under the radar how good Keane actually was. Ronoak says it's very close. Vieira was more technically gifted, but I would take Keane over him nine times out of nine. Uh, this is from Henry, or Henri. Uh, Vieira, because of the Vicks uh, vapour rub. <laughs> <It reminded laughs> yeah, he used to slather it all yeah, over his shirt, yeah. didn't he? It looked really weird. You get the impression that if they played in the same team, they'd have just got into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would actually just yeah. be really counterproductive. It would, it would, they, they would either be the greatest midfield duo ever, yeah. or it would just totally... Both going for every ball. Like, yeah. Get out of my way! <laughs> do you know what I mean? David, what do you think about that? that I'm, t- I'm taking Keane. Oh, yeah. Keane's one of my favourite players of all time. Yeah. I, I love him. Presumably, Jim, you're taking... I, I'm going to toe the party line and go for Vieira. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I'm going to abstain, just to make sure <laughs> that it's all... Although, even what I said about Keane, but as I say, that's probably in the context of the two teams. Um, yeah, the, incredible. About this rival, Roy Keane later wrote in his book, The Second Half, I think football might lack that energy now a bit. The tension, it was great. Um, and we don't see this sort of rival anymore because I think it doesn't actually suit teams I think you want to... Big teams now, control is the thing. Yeah. And you Mm -hmm. want to control every element. And if you've got one of your players going up against one of them and there's a lot of chat and so on, it adds an element of chaos. And Manchester City don't want that. You know, Liverpool, when they were firing under clock, they don't... don't, I mean, that was slightly different, actually. But, but, you know, these big... They don't want it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's why when it does pop its head up, you know... 
when you do get a bit of a disruptor. You're like a, like right. a, in yeah. a very, very different way, of course. But like I say, the Jamie Vard, if you see what I mean. Yeah. That's why we love but it. Like John Terry and Wayne Bridge wasn't this intense. <laughs> <laughs> like it genuinely wasn't. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You don't want that. <laughs> well, like as in if you're of a certain you know, if you're in a certain position, you don't want it. But as fans, especially as neutrals... Oh, yeah, you, you, you're desperate for it. You're, yeah. you're desperate for the next rivalry to come up, whether it be individual or yeah. team rivalry. You want something genuine, something real. Totally. Absolutely right, everybody. Well, thank you very much for joining us on another Football Ramble Guide too. Remember, there is a whole host of Ramble Guides you can listen back to from throughout the season. And we want your ideas for what to talk about next. Email us, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble with your suggestions. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.